0: Jordan Alvarez hits his 100th career home run tonight. The Astros scratch and claw. It is not enough. Hunter Brown looked okay. A 7-6 loss to the Tigers. We'll talk about this on tonight's Locked on Astros. Alvarez hits a high drive center field. Beerling's back. Fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker, this time they finish the job. Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H. Town wheelhouse
1: Chansey. We are Locked On Houston Astros and we hope that you join us for a daily Lock On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talk Stroh's. Find the show at Lockdown Astros. Your team every day. Brett, where can I find you at? They can find me at
0: HTM Wheelhouse on Twitter and Instagram. They can find me at Strohs411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Strohs.
1: All right. Did you want to get out to the game tonight? Did you want to go watch the Tigers beat the Astros? Well, if you didn't have a ticket, you can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code On MLB. For twenty dollars off your first uh, purchase, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed, and thank you for sponsoring the podcast. And guys, thank you for also tuning in and making us your first listen every day, whether it's on YouTube, on uh, if you if you go ahead and listen to us on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you check out our podcast. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for helping us to get uh, reach our goal uh, that we have set for the twenty twenty three season. And unfortunately it looks like the Astros are struggling to reach some of their goals so far, uh, like Mm. pitching a quality start and uh, not striking out as I I guess they didn't strike out as much tonight, but that's been a concern, but we did see some forward progress today, especially with Alex Bregman. And we see Mauricio Devon get a hit and he also uh, walked as well. And he made a bid for a big hit, but unfortunately, uh, the outfielder made a great catch. So there were some good signs in today's game, but it just felt like one of those games that was never in the ast- in the card for the Astros.
0: So, Eric, I'm not going to reveal who my player of the game is um, until the third segment, but there is one person I think that sticks out. But not to get lost in the shuffle of this 7-6-odd to six odd game where you had the Tigers coming into Houston, And they have been abysmal on offense. They have not been able to score runs. They have not been hitting. Their pitchers have not been playing well. I mean, this is a Detroit Tigers team that is pretty pathetic when it comes to Major League Baseball and top competition. They're not the team you think would come into Houston. But Alex Bregman today, Eric, I mean, three for five. He had a great game. Um, I loved it. And before we get to that offense, Hunter Brown, you know, um, you and I were talking about it before the show, the, you know, with the, with the title of our template and like, what does it mean for Hunter Brown? He comes out and he throws in four and two thirds innings, Eric. He actually, you know, he delivered um, 93 pitches. He had 60 of them were strikes. All right. But. It wasn't a terrible outing by Hunter Brown, Eric. He, he did give up four runs. He had five strikeouts and three walks. But there were some calls that kind of went against him. We had the swing that I think was a check swing, should have been a third called strike where they, where they got the bases loaded. And look, the Tigers mustered something out of not much. And that's what's been happening with this starting pitching is we haven't been giving up a ton of runs. But when we do give up the runs, the offense hasn't been responding early. We've been behind the eight ball quite a bit early on.
1: I would say it was the tale of two innings. It was the fact that um in the, I believe it was in the second inning, the Tigers were able to score the two runs. And this was the first time, I mean, not the first time, but. The only runs before today's game that Hunter Brown has given up in his career was to the Tigers, and now he gave up four runs in this game. So it's very ironic that of all the teams he's faced, he's only given up runs to Tigers. But in that one inning, uh, I know there was some bad luck and everything, but uh, I believe it was like like four – I wrote it down. Let me see. It was uh, basically four hits and five at-bats in a one inning and that they're all singles and that led to the two runs and one of them was a two-run single by Eric Haas and so that was a bad luck it it was a I think it was a slider or it was just bad luck it was just a situation where it felt like the Royals game in uh, 2015 all over again and then if you look at the fifth inning Dusty Baker was trying to get him to that. Uh, I think before the game, Dusty Baker said that the number was 85 to 90 pitches or five innings out of Hunter Brown tonight. So he was trying to get him to that five innings. He was, um, right. he was there, but he struggled with command. And then he walked, uh, I believe it was three out of four batters there. Then you had Phil Maton come in and walk the four out of five batters to uh, take another run in. And so it was just, a matter of bad, two bad innings. And so if you take that out, he looked dominant. He was throwing 98 miles per hour. The only thing that a lot of people noticed, including the announcers and a lot of people on Twitter, was that Hunter Brown was throwing uh, a lot to the outside of the plate, especially against right-handed hitters. And the right-handed hitters were picking up on that. And so that, that's what they were doing. They were kind of going uh, opposite field.
0: So in that's a, that is – that is a great pickup there. And that's why I'm glad that we not only pay attention to what we see, but we listen to what others see, the experts as well. Um last year when Hunter Brown was getting in sync, when Hunter Brown was getting his control, he was in triple A. Okay. He was, I mean, he was in the minor leagues. And, and so we don't know. And he's still too young, I think, in his career for us to peg him as a slow starter, kind of like an offensive player, right? right. But he's still working through some things at the beginning. We saw Hunter Brown last year after he had just got through basically blowing through AAA, just mowing down hitters, going in with this confidence, with this almost naivety that he was a rookie and he wasn't supposed to perform well. And he went out and he was pretty much lights out for a rookie in the way he performed on the big stage. So now you get him early in the season Where we know in the beginning of the season last year, he struggled with his command and he looked a lot better. He looked a lot more sharp. I think you're going to see Hunter Brown come into form over these next couple starts. What's interesting is a little note. I was trying to make an image poll on our YouTube channel, and I wanted to say, who do you think will get the first Astros quality start in these next three games? Will it be Hunter Brown? Will it be Framer Valdez or Christian Javier? And for some reason, I don't know if it's the baseball gods were against me, but YouTube would not let me post this poll. And so I'm wondering if it was like an omen about what was going to happen tonight. But but again, Hunter Brown's start wasn't terrible. Is the starting pitching the way we're starting concerning? I think a little bit. Is the relief pitching not being as solid and being more taxed a little concerning? A little bit, but you got to remember it is April 3rd. It's not. July 27th, or September 10th. These things can work themselves out. Injuries of players, these injured players are going to come back. The hitters, the confidence in the lineup is going to be there. We've got to stick with our guys. And if you would have told me tonight that this Garrett Hill, who's never gotten a save in a game in his career, would come in and get a save when facing someone like Jordan Alvarez, I would be like, you're You're on something that's not going to happen. But this, unfortunately, is what happens with baseball. We can't blame it on the rules. We can't blame it on the pitch clock. We can't blame it on anything other than the Astros offense. They had nine hits, but they only scored six runs, where the Tigers scored one more. And at the end of the day, there are still some good takeaways from this game, I think, that we can look at.
1: Yeah, definitely. Mauricio DeBond played some great defense at second base, and uh, he like he, he had that one almost that would have been a double, and it would score three runs. If that would have dropped, that would have been great, but uh, you had Monado with the 73-mile-per-hour check swing single to first base, uh, sorry, to uh, right field, so you had a lot of good things happen in this game, but unfortunately, it just didn't happen at the right time, and it just seemed like Bases loaded and Mauricio debano's up. And it's just always like those situations. But at least he put a good swing on the bat. And sometimes that's all you can hope for when one of your weakest guys is up there. Guys, if you want to get all the action, make sure you go check out one of our sponsors, which is Game Time, because they have the, the best way to get tickets. Right, Brett? Yeah, that's right. And I can tell you from
0: personal experience this last weekend, my son and I got to go to the semifinals there at NRG. Um, you know, stadium, I almost said NRG Park, NRG Stadium. We watched both semifinal games. It was a last minute decision. I looked, I got some amazing ticket deals. I promise you, I paid a lot less than the people that were sitting around us. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And it wasn't. Game time is fast and easy. And I'm here to prove it right before tip-off happened. I went on and I got the best price guaranteed. I didn't stress out. I had the tickets on my app by the time I walked up to NRG Stadium. Yes, we got there around halftime of the first game, but we were there for the buzzer beater. Why? Because I had game time in my back pocket. That's right. Flash deals and last minute tickets. That's what I use. The lowest price guaranteed. And there's event cancellation protection. If your event gets canceled or job loss protection, where they're looking out for you, the customer, it is the place for these ticket deals. It doesn't matter if it's concert. It doesn't matter if it's baseball, basketball, comedy shows, theater, they say that if you don't find the best price, then you find tickets at the same section and at the same row for less. Game time will credit you 110% the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app today. Create an account and use the code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem locked on MLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Eric, real quick, before we come in, someone had asked what is going on with Stanick or why wasn't he in there, and I just want to make a note before that comment gets lost here on the show. He was uh, he was preparing to go in, and I think they they did a good thing in not putting him in too quickly because the bullpen is taxed, Eric. I mean, th- these guys have been pitching a lot more innings, and that's something that we didn't deal with in 2022.
1: Yeah, and he also pitched uh, multiple, or maybe not multiple innings, but he pitched more than one inning the other day. And so they're trying to, as much as they can, rest a bullpen. Dusty Baker said they wish they can carry 27 players in April, especially after the World Baseball Classic, because the starters are not built up. And uh, we're, we're seeing that. I think frommer Valdez was probably uh, stretched out a little bit, but you have Christian Javier, you have... Um, uh luis garcia and jose eric they all participated in a world baseball classic they were not stretched out like you would like them to be so uh, you you haven't had a quality start yet and that's what the astros lived on last year and why was the astros bullpen so successful last year because they were not used as often as they were in the past so you went to film Maton today then uh the Ronell Blanco was not supposed to be used in today's game. Dusty Baker was saying they asked him, and he actually gave a report. They said that um, stanick probably not tonight, and then uh, Blanco probably not. Um, and but they had to use Blanco. And then you had Brian Brayu. Brian Brayu gave up that home run, and then you had Montero. Then Presley got back in. He looked a little bit better, but Hector Naris, once again once you try to get him past one inning it just seems like he struggles and i i'm not going to blame dusty baker for pinch hitting for martin Malnado. i'm not going to be that guy but you have to wonder if th- that has something to do with maybe pitch selection that led to that home run in the in the 11th inning so
0: that you know that could be some, and that's something i didn't even think about um now look I like this comment, and I want to get your take on this. He said, Willard says, look, face of facts, this game was fixed because there's no yeah. way Maldo was out on second base. That call, like video evidence and video replay, what is it supposed to do? It's supposed to remove the question of whether a player is safe or out, whatever the call is. The guy's foot was off the bag, right? And yeah. he was clearly – there he was but, in
1: but if you look at chandler rome's uh, tweet i mean i know uh, he's not the most optimistic person but he was like <laughs> there's no way they're going to overturn that and oops they confirmed that that's a big surprise it would have been bigger surprise if they overturned it well so, but, but yeah. is it
0: but again if if the guy's foot is clearly off the bag and that's the consensus not just from one person from everybody right then why are we reviewing plays?
1: I think it's going back to the old neighborhood play that they used to do in um, baseball, but when they before replay. But you have replay. Use the freaking yeah. replay. I mean, you can yeah, this tell isn't... that when he reached up to catch the ball, that his foot came off, and then he took the foot off the bag, and then that's it. So. Well, maybe,
0: maybe New York's. Well, he was he intended to touch the bag with his foot, and it's Detroit, and they're not going to have many wins this year, so we might as well give them a win. No, I'm Eric. I'm I'm being completely facetious, but it's little things like that in a game like this that go a long way. But dude, let's talk about Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman was like, what well, was he? 0 for eighteen going into this game, he was three for five today. Now he had two runs. He didn't have any RBI, but. Three for five. That's a solid game. Hit by pitch. Alex Bregman, because Jordan Alvarez has really been your your real bright spot. And then you have Jose Abreu. How many games does he have now? Hit in a row? Five. Five games. So there you go. Abreu, Bregman, and Alvarez. Look, those three are hitting the ball, and um, that's a good thing for Bregman to get hot. If if Bregman gets hot, I think the Astros can easily take the next two games of the series. This was just a weird – this was just a baseball game. Sometimes baseball games happen, and it's frustrating because there's no reason on paper why Team A gets beat by Team B, but Team B just outperforms the other.
1: As Forrest Gump says, you, you know never, what happens.
0: You never know what you're going to get. Well, no, I no. Like um, the T-shirts.
1: You know what I'm talking about. The-
0: oh, yes. It happens. It does yeah. happen.
1: Yes. So, <laughs> um you Kenya- – Pena is looking. I mean, he's batting 200, but he's still making good at bats. He had RBI today. Bregman had the three hit day. Uh, Alvarez had a big swing. Uh, I know that he tried to call timeout during one of his at bats and the umpire didn't grant it. And then he kind of did a weak ground out to I think it was third base. And then he Mm -hmm. griped at the umpire. I was I was trying to call timeout for like three seconds and you wouldn't do it. So I don't know if maybe once you settle at eight seconds, you're not allowed to call time up. I, I don't know what the reasoning was for that. But Tucker had a rare hitless list night, uh, even though he did have a walk. And McCormick went hit list. And uh, so you have Hensley, who got a hit today. Devon got a hit. Then Maldonado had a hit today. So the Astros did get some hits uh, overall. So you're seeing some positive signs, mostly on the Bregman side. Abreu had that in the, I think it was in the ninth inning to tie the game. Uh, he had yeah. that, uh, the double off of the wall where Austin Meadows, I mean, he, he had no chance of catching it, but it, the ball kind of got away from him and allowed the run score. Uh, but overall, the Astros, I'm not worried about the offense. I'm not worried about the starting pitching long-term but they've got to go deeper in games because they're going to wear out this bullpen you're going to see some arms start falling apart pretty soon
0: right i'm gonna i'm gonna state here on the show what i put in a tweet today the rangers aren't your al west division champs just like the astros aren't a 500 team but i'm telling you At the end of April, the Astros may only be one game over 500 if they are. They keep playing like this. They may struggle. They may be 13 and 14. They may be 12 and 15. And that's okay. Slow starts are okay as long as you're fixing them, as long as pieces are coming along, as long as guys that are not hot get hot, as long as relief pitchers figure it out. Naries cannot give up these, these hits. This relief when, when when the starters are failing to get your five or six innings that you really need them to get, that they were accustomed to last year, that's why the bullpen was elite. The bullpen, I'm not saying they're not elite, but when your starting pitching is performing the way it was in 2022, your bullpen has a lot more room to breathe, and they're rested. I, I just think, Eric, that we are going to have to be patient with this team, and I said at the beginning, that the Astros, I still believe, are going to win this World Series in 2023. But the road to the World Series in 2023 is going to be rocky. I mean, Veerling, the guy that Jordan Alvarez crushed the ball over in Game 6 of the World Series with the Phillies, was the guy that hit the game-winning home run tonight in center field against the Astros. I was like, this is a weird baseball kind of like turn of events, right? Oh, how the turntables, you know, he was loving that home run because he probably still remembers watching your dad's ball go to the moon. Um, The offense, the offense was there. I mean, nine hits and six runs you're supposed to win. This is where I think a lot of fans are starting to say, I really wish the Astros would have gone out and gotten another starting pitcher to replace Justin Verlander. Like you said, I don't know that these things are sustained long-term, but it sure would have been nice to go out to get one of these Japanese pitchers, to go out to get one of these pitchers on the free agent market, a frontline starter to inject a little bit more life into the veins. Because look, with McCullers being on the shelf, I mean, he's pretty much a non-factor. And until he pitches an inning, like who is Lance McCullers? I'm sorry. He's he's not, I, I, like he's on the team. But that's it. He's on the team by name. We need another starting pitching. I'm wondering how much, Eric, this GM is going to look at getting another pitcher by the trade deadline. And now when I'm talking about Dana Brown, I want to talk to you all about ultimate baseball GM. Let me tell you, pro baseball GM is the coolest game that I played in a long time. I've always thought I could be a major league GM Well, I'm pretty sure many people on social media would like to think otherwise. But let me tell you something. This is a great app. You can manage your own franchise. So go and download Pro Baseball GM immediately. The game allows you to manage your strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory. That's right, the golden years of Houston Astros baseball or H-Town Wheelhouse baseball, hiring the right coaches and staff, manage team finances, be careful, spend too much, they'll let you go. Navigating your finances through free agency and all the ups and downs of a season, all this is a challenging and realistic game world. That's right. It's completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. I'm telling you, you got to know how to spend your money. And I don't know how these GMs and these ball clubs do it, but the way the Astros have done it. But if you try to play the game the way they manage the team, you'll probably see some titles. So Locked On Astros listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just go to probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty.
1: All righty. So before we get back to the Astros, I want to talk a little bit about some interesting stats. Granted, this was after four days, but um, last year there was 49 games. This year there's 50 games. Time a game has decreased by 30 minutes. We knew that with the new rules, batting averages have gone up 15 points. Uh, The on-base percentage has gone up, what, uh, 21 points. And uh, the uh, slugging percentage has gone up, I'm doing math in my head, about 20 points. Now, is so, this
0: excluding the Astros? This is, uh, yeah, ex- I mean, this is
1: everybody. I know. And stolen, stolen bases last year at this time oh, uh, uh, was 29 out of 43 for 67%. This year, it's 70 out of 84 for 83%. And how many pitch clock violations? There's been about 40. Which is zero point eight per game. Okay, so it's not it's not happening too much. So the rules are making the game faster. It's how making it more exciting. You're having more action. You're having more stolen bases, and you're going to see some guys that are going to have probably eighty st- uh, stolen bases this year.
0: Well, how many hit by pitch? How much how much injury are we going to see? I, I just still look. I know it's here but the pitch clock, I don't like it just because it's here. And just because it's inevitable, doesn't mean that I have to accept it and be okay with it. I, I think it's too rust. I still think pitchers are too rust. I think the rules, I think these umpires, there's no definitive way to enforce it when you don't let Jordan Alvarez take a timeout, but then in the late inning game, you let the other team's guy take a timeout. Malolato kind of looked at the umpire, like, are you serious? Like, what are we doing here? It's so Mickey Mouse. It's so like, oh well, this umpire has this feeling towards this, and that's what I don't like about it. There's nothing definitive. So please, robot umpires, can you show up to the ballpark? Because these real guys behind the plate are really, really frustrating me, Eric. I, I just, I don't, I don't like all the all the different rules. I, I don't like the, oh, um, you are twirling the bat, so you were not really focused on the pitcher. That's a strike. That, to me, is lame. Rewarding somebody for something they didn't earn, I think, is not good for baseball. The games are shorter. Great. There's more action. Great.
1: There's more offense, I, mean, I think, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay, there's more offense. I don't know. I just – I'm still – look, I guess I'm old school, man. Call me, call me an old dude. I don't care. I just don't like it. The pitch clock needs to be extended. If it's here to stay, it's too damn short, period, in the story. It needs to be extended. It doesn't give the people enough time, and it's, it's completely irrational. Like, your catcher's on second base. He's got to go in and get ready. Or even, can we bring up the bat boy and bat girl thing again? Like, they're going to actually, like, tell a club, you got to let them go if they're too slow. I don't know. There are just so many things that baseball is trying to control. You're taking away from the, what baseball is. It's a unique sport. It's not like other sports. It's not basketball. It's never going to be football. It's its own thing.
1: All right. I have some good news, though. Dana Brown okay. did say that J.J. Majevic and Bly Madrias are still members of the Houston Astros organization. They cleared waivers, and so now they're outrighted down to AAA. So, yay, they're still there. And okay. the um, also, um, uh, we haven't really discussed it much, but the minor leagues now have a collective bargaining agreement, and the owners just ratified it today. Uh, 30 out of um, – I mean, all 30 – owners of the big league teams have ratified it. That means that you're going to see more uh, higher pay at the minor league level, and you're going to probably see a lot more stuff to kind of encourage players to go to baseball because we know it's a grind at the minor league level. You have people sleeping uh, probably, I mean, just not getting paid enough and everything, working jobs outside of baseball. So I think what you're going to see is more of a um, players association with uh, with the minor league baseball. And I think that even well, the players' association, players association has even taken them in as well.
0: Yeah, so they have actually unionized. And to note, even though this is an improvement for minor leaguers and they do get their get their um, living expenses taken care of. Basically they get apartments and all that stuff. I don't know if you look at their salaries, dude, they still don't make, uh, they hardly make a livable wage. They make under what most teachers make a year. But and that so, should be going up. Yeah. Right. And I get that. I'm just saying like, do, do some research into the minor leagues and see how much these guys don't get paid. Oh, know. If, no, I'm, I'm yeah. just, I'm, I'm just saying for everybody, look, I, it's it's good work pat on the back major league baseball but you still got a long ways to go because these guys the road trips what they have to put up with what they have to deal with what their families have to go through like they do need to be compensated more and I can't imagine 10 15 20 30 years ago I mean I've heard stories of friends of mine that were in the minor leagues right out of high school and things like that and it is. It is not. It is not an easy life. We pay attention to the guys that spend maybe one or two years in the minors, and they come up to the pros, and they're making the big money, right? But it's the guys like the Lewis Brinson, and the other guys, Corey Jolks, who's 27, who spent you know a few years in the minors. Those are the guys that really struggle, and sometimes those are the guys that are grinding that really deserve a reward down the road. But look, Major League Baseball is doing at least something in the right direction, and I, I think that's a good thing. And I'm sure any raise is appreciated, but there's still definitely a lot more work to be done in that area, I think.
1: All right. So I know that you kind of teased it earlier, but um, I believe both of our players of the game has to be Jordan Alvarez, even though he only had that one hit. But that was a big hit. It tied the game at the time. But he's also the um, fastest Astros of all time to reach 100 home runs at his age, like yeah. um, he did it in 372 games. The fastest player before that was Lance Berkman at 452 games. So if you're looking at MLB records, you have Ryan Howard at 325 games, Pete Alonzo, 347 games. And what the heck happened to Gary Sanchez at 355 games? Then you have Aaron Sanchez, sorry, Aaron Judge at uh, 371 and Jordan Alvarez at 372. So that he's under, except for Gary Sanchez, he's in elite company. He
0: is. You know, and he actually has gotten an RBI in every game in his last at-bat this year. I think that's pretty amazing. Like, his RBIs are coming in late, and that's something we need to think about, Eric. The Astros are scoring late in games. The Astros are taking advantage of the bullpens. They just need to take advantage of the starting pitchers. Did you see what the White Sox did today?
1: Yeah, I I think their starter gave up like five home runs or something. They were
0: terrible. I was like, wait, where was that White Sox team? Why didn't they come to Houston?
1: (laughs) They brought their A game against us. and Yeah, you
0: know, and that's another aspect of it. They are going to bring their A game. Everybody's going to bring their A game. But again, we're not a 500 club. The Rangers aren't the champions. The Mariners aren't going to stay at the bottom of the AL West like they are now. Things will flip and normalize once everything kind of gets stabilized. And you're going to see the Astros rise to the top because that's what the cream always does. It rises to the top and the pretenders and the contenders start falling by the wayside. We are mm-hmm. contenders. Everybody else is chasing us no matter where we are right now on April 3rd. But look, it's a Tigers. It's a loss. Oh, well, let's just move on to the next game. We've got, we yeah. got Framberg and Javier the next two games. So I think we're, I think our, our chances are really good.
1: Yeah. We'll talk about the matchup for a second, but I do want to bring up that the Astros did a really great thing tonight. They had autism awareness night and Alex Bregman signed a hat and um, I think gave it away. And they had um, some, uh, they had a couple kids on the field to meet Alex Bregman, but uh, they, they had um, these hats and I really wanted to go to the game to get a hat for somebody. And, but it's just, it's cool situation that they actually did this. And so it's cool that they did that. Um, They had a sensory room near section 256. They had a lower PA volume in uh, certain sections. And for one game only, They had no stadium lighting effects. You know how they're doing all the lighting stuff? So they weren't going to do that during Alvarez's home run and everything just for the the people that have autism. So um, that is a pretty uh, cool move for the the Houston Astros because all those are triggers for that. So thank you, for Astros, for doing that. And uh, let's kind of take a look at uh, this uh, next game. It's going to be Matt Manning. Versus Romer Valdez, the only person that's face manning is Jose Abreu. In 10 at-bats, he's batting 200 with two RBIs. And if you're looking about who's faced Alv- um, Valdez, uh, it's a, pretty much all of them. Haas has uh, is batting 429 and 7 bats Cabrera if, uh, is batting 506 at-bats. Baez is batting 429 and 7 at-bats. And so what the key of the game is Valdez has got to go deeper in this game and the Astros have got to have a lead. I can't believe that they did not have a lead this entire game.
0: That was weird when they, when they tied it up. And when I guess those are things that I, don't, that I don't pick up on until someone says it and I start looking back going, oh, my gosh, that's right. They've never had a lead. They do need to get a lead in this next game. This is the Detroit Tigers. This is an inferior ball club. Pretty going much. to a
1: World Series, Brett? Who? The Tigers?
0: No, they're not, Eric. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to break Detroit's heart. They are. They are one and three. This was. This was their first win of the season, Eric. We were supposed to sweep this series.
1: Riley Green, that was a sweet home run, though. <laughs> that <laughs> over the I mean, community design. Talk
0: about that. That was. That, that was,
1: was beautiful. That was uh, Jorge so over the like,
0: tracks. Who does that? But you know Riley Green for all intents and purposes, he has not really lived up to his billing. No. I mean, he is a huge prospect. He's Torkelson one of their bright hasn't young either. stars. Do what
1: Torkelson hasn't much.
0: Uh, no, either. yeah, Spencer Torkelson. You know he hasn't. But look, it's baseball. Any day, anybody can be a champion. If Diaz would have gone out there and and hit what a what are you doing today to be a
1: champion. You. Remember, what? Uh, what are you doing today to be a, tr- a champion? Uh, Drayton McClain Jr. Said oh, now. I
0: was like, oh, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> Drayton I caught the accent afterwards. I'm so sorry. What <laughs> are you doing today to be a champion? Drayton McClain, not the best owner in Astros history. It's Jim Crane, baby. So, hey, man, that's all I got. Um, look, seven to six, whatever. Let's move on. Let's take the next two of this series. And then let's go out of town and beat up on the twins.
1: And uh, next show, we do need to talk a little bit about Jeff Bagwell and his new role with Houston Astros, oh, yeah. even though it's a very similar role. But we <laughs> didn't get a chance to talk about it on this show. But that's all we got for this edition of the Lockdown Astros podcast. Make sure you tune in to us after every weekday game, and we'll uh, hopefully be talking tomorrow about Astros victory. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me at Eric Talk Strohs. You find Brett at HL Wheelhouse. And we are the Lockdown Astros podcast, and we will see you tomorrow. And go Strohs. Angel. Oops.